and welcome to another episode of Girls to the Front. It is just me this week. Uh, yeah, last week I recorded an episode with two of the girls that come to Girls to the Front. Well, they come to Girls to the Front, but they're also a massive part of Girls to the Front existing outside of the gym, which is the ultimate goal at the end of the day, is that I don't just want Girls to the Front to end up just being a fitness class that they come to, although that's a part of it, and I think that that's massively empowering for girls to come and train together and learn what they're capable of and like smash down all the barriers that they think are in their way um I also want it to exist outside of that and you know the two girls that were on the podcast last week are doing that they are taking it outside of the gym space and now they're like influencing their friends and thankfully like two of those girls are bringing their friends and it's getting bigger and bigger but yeah ultimately yeah they're a huge part of the girls to the front movement which is what it needs to be not just a fitness class, but a movement that is happening everywhere, all day, every day. And I think from the episode, it was really clear that Girls the Front needs to exist in schools. Like it needs to be a big part of what schools deliver. You know, um, when they were having the discussions around PE and being active in school and things like that, it was, I don't know, like loads of light bulbs going off of me going, oh yeah, like why, first of all, why am I not doing it in schools? And two, just how archaic and weird these systems still are. You know, I remember all of these things being barriers and being things that I thought when I was 13, 14. And I hate to admit the fact that I'm now over 10 years older, um, but knowing that these things still exist and nothing's being done and all the systems that kind of almost ultimately fail young girls and not just young girls, young boys too, are still in place. And, you know, we're still, as much as we think that, you know, well, as much as the people higher up think that what they're implementing in schools with the national curriculum works, it essentially only works for about 5% of kids, you know? It's the kids that want to be active, the kids that are already doing competitive sport outside of school. All our systems just benefit them. Nothing is being done for the other 95% of young people that want to move or want to do something or just don't really like sport and we just need to stop seeing sport as the gold standard and listening to the girls last week I was just like yeah I hope people listen to this and it resonates with them because I'm also aware that I am a nearly 30 year old that stands up and says these things um but ultimately I'm saying it in my voice so you know it's not it's different to hearing it from firsthand who it's actually affecting um yeah, having that podcast and having that podcast episode yet last week was, I almost said yesterday, that last week was something that I've been meaning to do. And I think I had a conversation with Owen about it years and years ago, the idea that I wanted to start some form of podcast or some sort, some sort of documenting of young people's experiences and thoughts, feelings. Because so I have an adult job <laughs> alongside this stuff. I do have an adult job, which for some reason I try and keep secret and separate. But this week I've had this massive epiphany that actually the two are so interlinked that there's no way that I can remove one from the other anymore. And I just need to talk about it. And I think one of the hardest things I find with talking about my adult job and girls to the front and the work that I do as a coach is because... I feel like I don't want to blur the lines between being Michaela, which is my, I guess, the work version of me, and Mickey, which is the other version of me. And now 
there have been so many signs and so many things that I just need to start blurring those things and just take down all the barriers and all the walls to everything I do. One, like the one version of me is not better for someone else. One version of me is not better for anyone else. I just need to merge the two and be, be Mickey, but in, yeah, in a, in a way. Yeah. So I just, I basically, I've had a lot of epiphanies the last week. Um, and the universe has been sending me loads of signs about, you know, just being me. And I have a really hard time with this. Like I have a really hard time with the thought of just being because I'm someone that's so task orientated and someone that literally will write down like 14 to-do lists per day. But just being me has no to-do list, like I'm doing it. So being able to like step outside my comfort zone and just existing in the world as me without any tick boxes of how to do that, without any checklist to do that is quite difficult for me, someone that is so task orientated and so like, okay, what's what's the end goal? Like, what's the thing? There is no end goal to be a me. I've just got to be me. Um, and I also find it difficult that to like articulate the notion that I am enough. Oh, I did not expect this, but some tears just came to my eyes. Um, like the idea that people want you for you and like the, the notion that I am enough just being me, I don't have to put on a persona to talk about certain things. I don't have to put on a persona to be able to express things that I think and things that I have knowledge about and things that I have experience about. Um, yeah, I just, it is enough. And I am the person that is best placed to be doing this work and leading this work. And yeah, it's, it's been a week of epiphany. <laughs> it's been a week, <laughs> I'm gonna say. Um, yeah. I didn't really expect to start recording and then start talking about this. And I didn't expect it to hit me with so much emotion. But yeah, I've had a lot of signs from the universe to, that essentially boil down to just you do you. And it's what people need. People need people. I've, I've spoken about it a million times before. And it's hard because sometimes you just need to hear it from someone else before you're like, oh, yeah, of course. Um, but yeah, walking around being the most authentic version of yourself, walking around being the most accessible version of yourself, the one that's not trying to say fancy words, the one that isn't trying to back everything up with facts, you know, the one that you can just say stuff and people will listen. Yeah, that version is what the world needs. And yeah, communicating this because I think for young girls and for not even just young girls, I think for girls in general, there is some sort of front that we put up so that we aren't our most vulnerable version of ourselves and so that we can remove that front and change that front when we need to because of fear of judgment and things like that. You know, I'm, like I said, I'm almost 30 and I'm still finding it really hard, still finding it really hard to navigate that terrain. Um, but yeah, I exist and I have the group of people around me who I love and I'm doing this because I am the best person to be doing it and I am enough. So yeah, that's my, my epiphany this week. Uh, yeah, it's, I can't even remember how I got here. This, this just ended up being a load of words, didn't it? But yeah um yeah so separating two 
<laughs> separating personas. Oh my God. Yeah. Um, okay. So the podcast with the girls. Um, yeah. So it's been something I wanted to do for years and years and years. Um, my adult job um, is I work with young people. So I research Essentially what I do as an umbrella term for it is that I research physical activity, I research play, I research moving, but with young people and a lot of my focus is on children and teenagers' uh, health and wellbeing, like mental health and wellbeing. So that's like the overarching kind of thing. And then within that, then I research different areas. So one of my big projects when I first started my job was to look at teenagers and physical activity and what they want to do and how we can make that happen. So within the project, we gave teenagers vouchers that they could spend on activity. Um, and then, because we were lucky enough to get funded to be able to do that. Um, and then we kind of got to explore what they spent their vouchers on. And we also got to speak to teenagers, a lot of teenagers, and ask them what they want and need from physical activity. And it was just really clear, you know, even as an echo from what we said last week, that just what is currently on offer and what we've currently offered for the last 50 years is just not fulfilling the needs of young people. It's leading a generation of people that hate being active, well, hate what they perceive as being active, which is ultimately sport um, and competitive sport at that, and then leading to a generation of people that are completely switched off from moving, um, then end up leading really sedentary lifestyles. And then obviously we're just fighting fires when they get older instead of, well, that's what we just end up doing. We just end up fighting fires with health instead of being proactive enough to address it at its root cause, which is ultimately the fact that we are raising people <laughs> to hate moving and not like the idea of moving because we have such a warped perception of that when we are younger. So yeah, so that was a big part of that, was speaking to young people. And the more that I kind of did that and the more that I found myself sharing it, I was like, it's just not as impactful when it's not said by young people. I think you need to physically hear young people talk about it and you have to hear them share their opinions about it. And so I wanted to start some level of like documenting young people's voices for, yeah, it must be it was pre-pandemic so we're talking years now um and I just didn't do it until last week and then I was like oh I've done it now and it's the start of something and I want to keep continuing it but yeah like I think you can I think from that episode and the feedback I've had I could have recorded that podcast on my own and said it potentially from my viewpoint but said you know, I've spoken to young people and they've said X, Y, and Z and we need to do this about it. But until you've actually heard it from the lens and from the mouth of a young person, it really kind of hits home and it really makes you aware that, God, in some aspects, we're just really failing young people. Like we're really not delivering on what we could do. And then we just end up being, so we end up in just a world where we have to fix stuff instead of, just making people not making people but having people that like moving it's it's such a bizarre concept to me and it, it really blows my mind that more people don't think like this that it's just you know I was in a meeting in work where people were talking about the kind of mental health strain that we've had you know and particularly post-covid the mental health strain and burden that we have on young people and the fact that services are so stretched 
And I'm like, but this, oh, someone said this to me last week. The problem isn't the problem. So we say that the problem is that we have a load of, let's talk about it in terms of physical activity because that's where I can speak the best about. <laughs> we have, so we have what people deem as lazy teenagers that don't want to do anything. That's not the problem. The problem is, is that we have a group of completely switched off and alienated teenagers that don't want to move. And I get why, you know, if you haven't listened to last week's podcast episode, I really recommend that you do. And I recommend that you share it with people that are in a position to work with young people or have daughters, have young adults at home or just even people that work in schools I think people that work in schools need to hear that more than anyone and just listen to those experiences and listen to what they want and I'm focusing on school you know I don't want to put more pressure on schools because they already have loads of pressure but just everything that they were saying I think is you know if the school is where they spend the most time and if they're having terrible experiences the likelihood is that those experiences must be happening in and around the places that they spend the most time. And yeah, it's, it, I sat there listening to them, being so proud of them for sharing those things, but equally being so frustrated by the fact that no one seems to care that this is a real problem. And the way that how things currently work massively impacts so much stuff wider than just you know I think people just think that oh they don't like sport that's fine they just won't play sport but you know listening to those girls talk and it's much more as well about you know the judgment the fear of failure the level of expectation the kind of self-talk that you developed when you're you develop when you're young all stem from the fact that that one hour of stuff that they should be doing to help them move and to make them feel confident when moving is not doing what it should be doing. And the reality is, is that they're looking at other platforms to, they're looking at other platforms as well. That, and they're just receiving similar messages about not being good enough, don't fail, you know, all this sort of stuff. And they're never given a space to to just be a human being and to just be and exist go back full circle now <laughs> i'm probably gonna have another cry in a second um yeah it's wild i think and i also get frustrated by the fact that i think as a blue sky thinker um, which does get me into a lot of trouble in work because <laughs> I'm like, well, you can just fix this. I'll tell you how to fix it. And then people are like, oh, it doesn't work like that. Um, yeah, that I'm, I just think these things could be fixed by completely overthrowing <laughs> a curriculum. No, no. But listening to young people and having young people who are confident enough to express their thoughts and giving them a platform that they otherwise wouldn't have to communicate to adults how they feel about certain things. So last week, in terms of like the girls to the front journey, felt like a thousand leaps forward for what I wanted to do. And 
I just want to keep that momentum up and keep talking to them and keep being able to share, share stuff, share everything they talk about. And yeah, I, but I don't think that I'm the best person to be doing that. It's obviously them that needs to do that. And yeah, raise their voices, turn the volume up, just everything that Girls of the Front is. So yeah, I don't know why it took me so long to link up these two aspects of my life and realize that actually they are one thing. (laughs) And yeah, all of my values lie in raising young people's voices and everything I wanna be doing as an action from that is empowering people to say what they need to say and empowering people to realize how much value that they have and how much experience how much their experiences and how much their knowledge do contribute to stuff and even when you're young and you're just starting off in school I think you have so much to say that there's only going to get better with age really but you can't just dismiss the stuff. You can't just dismiss that because they're just because they're young. It's outrageous. I've heard some of the best and most poignant things about health and well-being come from children, and I've heard the best things about physical activity come from teenagers. And the fact that people dismiss those incredibly because I think the the beauty of it all lies in how simple a lot of it is but because we're adults I hate referring to myself as an adult like it literally like annoys me (laughs) literally I hate it but as adults we love to overthink for loads of other reasons but yeah being able to like not overthink it and not be able to apply that warped view of the world that we have as we grow old and be able to like listen to them more and just try and make the world a better place because I think if you make it better for them you make it better for us it's not an us versus them but you ultimately make the world better for everyone so like I I started doing a lot of work about the local community and like built environments and things like that so where a part of that big project that I worked on when I first started working a lot of what young people said was around about how they just don't feel welcome imagine not feeling welcome in like your local neighborhood it again this is something that really uh hurts my heart is the idea that you don't feel welcome enough to like go and play outside in your street and I think we've seen it more and more over the last few years and I remember playing out in the street and I just think that's becoming less and less. And people say that it's because of safety and people talk about the fact that, you know, we live in a different world and this world is scarier than the world before. But ultimately it's because we've made it so closed off and we don't want people, like we think that, you know, those young people coming into those spaces, all they're gonna look to do is destroy that, which, I'm like, well, surely you've got lived experience of behaving like that. (laughs) So is this not a you problem and not a them problem? A thousand percent, it is. But like, imagine living in a world where you feel like you can't go play with your friends outside your front door and then just not doing that. You know, like I, so basically them telling us that that's how they felt. That's why they don't go to like local spaces. That's why they tend, if they do go anywhere, they might travel there or they end up with this kind of us versus them mentality, which is then why like 
antisocial behavior happens um but yeah like doing work with look within doing work in work about those local spaces and yeah being able to try and share voices and be like well you know where else are they supposed to play where else are they supposed to go to move you have to give them spaces and again like I think this is where so much of the inspiration for girls to the front has happened is because I'm like all I want to do is just open up a space where girls feel confident enough and safe enough to come to move and equally hang out share stories talk about their day because there's really not that many spaces for them anymore and we are making that world for them so so small that real world stuff so so small but their digital world is getting so 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 much bigger that it's really dangerous for them to not be able to act and to move as a result of that I don't know if that makes sense but it makes sense in my brain like if you have so much access to the world in a digital space it's really dangerous to not have that access to the world in a physical sense because you just don't live in the real world you just end up living in a digital world where everything becomes so warped and so filtered and you know that doubles down on that idea that you you can't fail you can't try new things you have to put on a front you have to do all of this whereas actually being out in the real world teaches you that you can fail you can do these things so yeah I'm now frowning to myself because I'm actually not sure this podcast episode makes any sense and I actually just think this is me vocalizing stuff that I've thought about this week (laughs) but maybe I'll help someone so (laughs) I'm gonna keep it I'm gonna put it out there into the world and hope someone understands my coherent, my incoherent thoughts this week but yeah I think my take what so what I'm trying to like summarize in this is I've had a lot of thoughts as you can tell this week um and there's been like two sides to this thought I guess the first side is that I'm finally, I feel like I'm finally doubling down on what I feel like I should be doing with my life. And I communicated to my boss this week, like I really built up the confidence to say that actually what I want to do in life and what I'm attracted to is this raising people's voices and working with young people and giving them a platform and all this sort of stuff. And like realizing that there's two I see that there's two parts to me I have like Mickey and I have a Dr Michaela version of me that I've been trying to keep separate and sometimes I blur the lines on when Dr Michaela like infiltrates Mickey's space and when Mickey infiltrates the Dr Michaela space but actually I need to exist as both those things at the same time in the way that I do that around people that I'm close to be vulnerable with it but also being able to I think it's just going to make it better make me better at delivering and doing and just being <laughs> uh what I want to wear the, the, <laughs> the change it's gonna make me it's gonna make uh my journey to change in the world a lot more straightforward in my mind but also like a lot easier for other people to access and be on board with so yeah 
I hope you followed this. <laughs> and maybe you've, like, I would love to hear, like, your thoughts on this and whether you've got any kind of uh, thoughts about it. And I'd love to hear, like, your thoughts about the girls being on the podcast last week. I'm already lining up, like, and trying to find more opportunities to have them just come on. I'd love to do one-to-one ones. I would love to do them as a group again because I just thought that group dynamic was perfect. Um, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I'd love to hear your thoughts. I have got someone potentially lined up for next week. So I'm not going to say too much about it. But, yeah, so, yeah. I just want to, I think, conversations, raising people's voices, making people feel like they are being heard, being listened to, and acting on that um, is something that is so important. And we should all be working together to like make people feel safe enough to discuss those things with us. And yeah, it's I use physical activity as a setting and I've used health and wellbeing as a setting quite a lot for this because that's just my area of expertise. It's what I do day to day. But I think it applies so much wider, you know, just talking about life experiences, talking about your mental health, talking about just everything. Like imagine feeling safe enough all the time to just communicate how you felt. Imagine how freeing and liberating that would be and how it would be so lovely just to feel heard and valued. And yeah, being with people that make you feel that way. So, hmm. I think I'm going to leave it there before I end up completely, (laughs) completely going down like another road. But yeah. Okay, so Mickey's Music Corner. Uh, last week we had two really good recommendations from girls, so it's, it's going to be hard to follow, I think, actually. Um, but uh, this year, well, towards the end of last year, actually, I stumbled across a band called Fresh, who um, I am absolutely in love with. Uh, I feel... Sometimes I feel like you come across people or like musicians that write stuff and you feel like they're either in your brain or they've written it with you. Um, And a lot of Fresh's music feel like that to me. Um, So yeah, they have a new album coming out, but they've been like slowly drip feeding songs off that album. Um, And last week, in the last week, they released um, one of their newest tracks from that. And that's called Why Do I? And yeah. That's the song I've been playing the most and that's the song I'm going to recommend to you and I hope that you love them as much as I do because, yeah, I feel like there's some sort of weird friendship that they don't know about. (laughs) 